Hey, Changemaker, welcome back to a new episode of the podcast. I'm Julia Wicklander, your host and the founder of Girls Globe, the feminist media platform for changemakers worldwide. Through our work, we capture the stories, perspectives, and expertise of feminist activists, advocates, and changemakers around the world. One way we've done that is through the Girls Globe Solidarity Studio. This year, we brought the Girls Globe Solidarity Studio to the Women Deliver 2023 conference in Kigali, Rwanda. Girls Globe hosted conversations and storytelling opportunities for the many amazing changemakers present at the conference. Many who didn't have speaking opportunities yet have so amazing stories and perspectives that really need to be heard. In this episode of the Hey Changemaker podcast, you'll hear a conversation from the Girls Globe Solidarity Studio. Girls Globe's advisor, Felagi Nanumo, speaks with Spogme Ahmed in a conversation centered around feminist foreign policy. Spogme is the senior policy advisor for the Feminist Foreign Policy Collaborative. In this capacity, she helps manage the Global Partner Network for Feminist Foreign Policy and the Coalition for a Feminist Foreign Policy in the United States and provides overall policy and advocacy expertise for civil society, governments, and multilateral organizations. Prior to joining the collaborative, Spogme served as Senior Global Policy Advocate at the International Center for Research on Women, ICRW, handling ICRW's portfolio on feminist foreign policy globally and in the U.S. She has provided policy analysis, advocacy leadership in multilateral spaces, including the UN, G7, and G20. Through her years of experience, Spogme has gained a multifaceted understanding of the multilateral system, previously working with the UN Economic and Social Commission for Asia and Pacific in Bangkok, Thailand, and the permanent mission of Pakistan to the UN in New York. Spogme holds a Master in Public Affairs from Princeton University and a BA in International Affairs from the George Washington University. In this episode, Spogme clarifies what feminist foreign policy is and shares her own story of how she got involved in this work and what inspires her to work for gender equality and racial and social justice. She speaks about what gives her hope despite the many crises that the world is facing right now. We really hope that this conversation can inspire you to look at your own government's engagement in foreign policy, that it can help you see foreign policy in a new light, and help you see new ways to engage in global and international issues. We're so grateful for Spogme's generous participation in the Girls Globe Solidarity Studio and for our wonderful feminist activist, fellow Jean Anumo, for leading this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us, Pogme. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your time and the important work that you do. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Can you please introduce yourself briefly and just uh, share with us your personal story of um, why you're so passionate about feminist foreign policy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, thank you. This, it's such a pleasure to be in this space with you and to just be here in Kigali. My name is Spagme Ahmed, and I'm a senior policy advisor with the Feminist Foreign Policy Collaborative. Um, so I work on managing two coalitions on feminist foreign policy, a global coalition called the Global Partner Network for Feminist Foreign Policy, and a U.S. coalition called the Coalition for Feminist Foreign Policy in the United States. 
So we are a new initiative and a shared space bringing together government, civil society, and philanthropy all in advancing principles of feminist foreign policy around the world. Um, so what brings me to this work is definitely rooted in my personal identity and experience. I grew up um, in the United States to a very big Pakistani family, and I always knew growing up that I wanted to work at the intersections of my identities. I wanted to work in the space of international affairs, bridging my Pakistani identity and my American identity. Um, and I think my sort of light bulb moment for all of the, the, the moment that really brought all of my interests together was actually in college um, when I first took a class called Gender, War and Peace. And it was the first time where I felt like everything really was coming together in terms of my interests in gender equality and feminism and also the impacts of conflict and crisis, which so much of my family members have been subject to in Pakistan. Um, it really tied everything together through a human rights framework. Um, and from then on, I just, one thing led to the next. I took a lot of classes in feminist theory and started to really study and engage in this work. And at the same time, I think I also started to see a lot of prominent women activists who came from similar backgrounds that I did really engaging in issues of racial justice in the United States. And it was really inspiring to me to see these women just fearlessly stand up for themselves and their communities. And so I decided to pursue a career in this space. And it's been incredibly rewarding just bridging my identities together and knowing that my values and my beliefs and where I come from really ground me in the work that I do. Um, and so feminist foreign policy, I think, is particularly interesting for me as somebody who has roots in the global south but grew up in the global north um, and understanding all of the contradictions and linkages and complexities that exist in the foreign policy space, particularly by, by countries in the global north and the way that their activities really had so many negative repercussions on global affairs and all of the issues that we're fighting against today. So I'm excited by the opportunity to do this work. It's been challenging, but also really rewarding to see that through the lens of feminist foreign policy, governments are engaging in human rights and questioning their own legacies for the first time in many instances, talking about issues like colonialism and intersectionality and um, anti-racist approaches to foreign policy. And it's been a really exciting and promising opening to advocate for much of the work that feminists for years have been pu pushing for. So I'm really hopeful about this work. I recognize that it's challenging and difficult and has many nuances and, and layers, but uh, the opportunity to work with the community of advocates has been really amazing for me. Mm -hmm. Thank mm -hmm. you so much, Spogwe, and thank you for being so generous. <clears throat> and just to share your personal story and how you got here. So for people who are watching and want to understand what feminist foreign policy means, um, how would you 
um, describe that in terms of principles, key principles or features of what a feminist foreign policy should address? Sure. Well, we have a very long definition that <laughs> I won't read for you now, but I'm happy to share resources. Um, we have a feminist foreign policy framework that we developed alongside advocates in both government and civil society to define what feminist foreign policy is. But in a nutshell, it is the policy of a state in accordance with other states or non-state actors um, addressing foreign policy issues and grounded in a human rights and women's rights based framework. So it is looking at foreign policy through the lens of human security, prioritizing the rights of people, peace and planet. Um, and it is fundamentally intersectional in its approach. So it brings all of these different elements to foreign policy, which is a, a significant shift in the way that foreign policy in these communities throughout the globe has been addressed. So a lot of the key principles of feminist foreign policy, many of which um, you've probably heard about the three R's framework. So. A lot of governments and civil society have espoused this framework, um, pushing for rights. So firstly, fundamental human rights, women's rights, the protection of rights against violence, against, against gender-based violence, and a range of other issues. Then there's resources, which means that governments should put their money where their mouths are. They should invest in women's rights. They should fund feminist movements. When they're claiming feminism, they should make sure that resources are invested in feminist principles and programs and making sure that feminists have the space to do the work that they need to do. Um, and then we also have representation as the third R, which is really enhancing women's leadership in this space, not just women's leadership, but also women and girls, non-binary communities, structurally excluded communities that includes um, for Black, Indigenous, and people of color um, communities. And so really just pushing for greater representation in this space. Um, governments have added to those three R's. Many of them has, have said things like reality check, which means it's grounded in um, contextual grounding of what exactly is happening across the globe and in different regions. But in addition to all of those things, we really push for um, things like coherence, which means that we want feminist foreign policy to address everything that is relevant to foreign policy. So it's not just issues of peace and security, for example, but also trade, immigration, defense, migration issues, um, and also making sure that it is a whole of government approach. We push for greater civil society representation and co-creation, which means we want civil society and um, feminist movements to really be in decision-making power about foreign policy, since if feminist foreign policy is not directly engaging with and creating these frameworks with the communities that they most directly impact, then it won't be impactful at all. Um, so there are a, a range of other elements that I could outline for you, but I would say that really just grounding feminist foreign policy within a strong human rights framework, making sure it is intersectional and inclusive, making sure that civil society are part of the co-creation process, 
Um, and lastly, ensuring that it has reach and comprehensiveness across all policymaking spaces. Amazing. And um, just speaking about rights, resources, and representation, um, we were just talking earlier on about the way there's a lot of rollback uh, yeah. on some of these things. So what gives you hope uh, when you do this work? That's a great question. Um, what gives me hope, I think, is the communities that I get to work with on a day-to-day -day basis and the feminist advocates who we engage in. Um, as I said in the beginning, we work a lot in coalition. So we have the opportunity to work with civil society advocates from around the world. A lot of my advocacy work actually started um, in the United Nations spaces. And so that is a very difficult space to work in as a civil society advocate. Um, the UN is a hierarchical machine. It is an old bureaucracy. It is a very archaic system that is incredibly difficult to change. But one of the most rewarding experiences and what kept me going in that space was seeing the way that feminist advocates would really rely on UN language and reforms to push for change in their own countries and communities. Um, and I've also seen the way that um, the world can change very quickly, sometimes for better or for worse, but in the midst of dealing with all of the crises that we're handling today between COVID and climate change, ongoing crises like migration issues and conflict, we've also seen the way that governments are more willing to work with civil society in many spaces um, and I know that in many regions that is not the case but feminist foreign policy in many cases has given me hope because it's something that we at one point would have thought completely unimaginable for governments to even say the word feminist I think it was something that when I first started this work was not something I could have ever imagined but at this point they're saying it and it's now our job to make sure that they're actually sticking to their words and implementing feminist principles and not just making sure that they're trying to get their flowers, but that they're really doing the work to advance change. Thank you so much, Kume. So the last question I have and that we're asking all our panelists is what does solidarity mean to you? That's a great question. And to me, solidarity means coming together not in spite of difference, but really to celebrate difference and to imagine a shared and ideal world that we all want to live in. So as I said at the very start, so much of my work in this space is grounded in my own personal identity. And what's been so beautiful and valuable to me as a feminist advocate has been just getting to work with women from so many different backgrounds and countries and identities. And we all really want the same thing, which is a world that is full of promise and diversity and one that really ensures and protects our human rights. So solidarity means getting to sit down with you and have this conversation and, and getting to really just celebrate the work that all of us are doing. And so many women are here for today. Thank you so much, Spogme. It's been such a treat <laughs> to have this conversation with you. Um, know that at Girls Club, we're in solidarity with the work that you do at the Feminist Foreign Policy Collaborative um, and wishing you the best of luck uh, even as we pursue a better world, a more mm -hmm. just, more equitable society. Thank you so much. Thank it's you been so such much. such a pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Hate Changemaker podcast. You can engage with 
the podcast at girlsglobe.org slash changemaker, where you can leave a comment on this episode or a voice message for the podcast and even nominate a changemaker to be a guest in a future episode. And if you have stories or expertise to share, consider applying for a membership at girlsglobe.org membership. This will give your organization or yourself a platform to share perspectives on gender equality, human rights, social justice, and sustainability with a global audience. Girls Globe is built around solidarity and exists to amplify voices for change. And as we're seeing a stronger polarization and a backlash on rights and justice, these voices and perspectives are more important than ever. Thank you for your commitment to change and for being a force for positive change in the world. See you next week, Changemaker. Changemaker.